we are blessed blessed good morning everyone so glad that you were able to join us take a moment invite a friend share this morning service with someone that you know needs to hear the love um, that is in God's word and we are excited that you are here to hear God's word with us on this morning now you know we've been in our series together and as we've been in this series we've explored many topics and today's topic is together we can change the world somebody type that in the comments in the chat together we can change the world. And when we think about changing the world, one of the things that I want to I want to ask you, I want to throw out to you is who is your favorite superhero? Somebody go ahead and put that in the comments for me. I know I'm going to see everything from Batman to Wonder Woman to Black Panther. Who is your favorite superhero? Go ahead and drop that for me in the comments in the chat if you would. And let's talk about that for just a moment as we make our way over to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. There's something that's interesting about thinking about this concept because when we think about changing the world so often, I believe, we think of something magnificent, something over the top. And we think of superheroes changing the world. We think of people who have um, supernatural powers doing unimaginable things. These are the types of people who would be able to change the world. But I believe as we look into the word of God this morning, we're going to recognize that what it takes is something far less extravagant. It takes love. It takes kindness. It takes you and it takes I. And when we think about that, it makes me remember of who I would consider and retitle a superhero, um, someone who I would choose as my favorite person. And, and I'm sure now when you hear me say this name, you're going to say, well, that's not fair. I would have picked somebody else. I didn't know that's what you meant. Um, but I am thinking of Mr. Rogers. Now, Mr. Rogers, as you know, um, was just very um, mild mannered and, and humble and quiet and his demeanor was so soothing. Um, and, and it's just ironic when you really reflect upon it and you really think about it and you look back to um, what was supposed to be enticing to children, um, being you know cartoons with a lot of action and a, and a lot of movement and colors, to think that this mild-mannered um, older gentleman would have such an attraction to this young audience what do you think drew us in? Now, as a child, I guess I didn't realize this, and I reflect back on it now, it was that love. Now, of course, I know this, was a, this man was a minister, and he loved the Lord, and he extended that love to little children all over the world by making them feel important, making them feel that they mattered. Wow. I really believe that man changed the world. And there are ways that you and I, we, we have those characteristics. We have those attributes. We have the fruit of the spirit. We can exhibit and extend that love and that kindness. And we can make an impact in our world that we probably don't even recognize just by joining voices, forces together and loving other people with the love of God. Look at Ephesians with me, if you would. Go to verse 32. 
um, in, in chapter 4 if you're already there. And I think you're there now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Just going to give you a couple more seconds to get there. And I'm going to read to verse uh, 2 of chapter 5. It says, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Now, as we've talked throughout this month, and many of you know, and if you need to catch up, you can. It's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook. We have the whole series available for those who uh, want to come back to where we are today. But we've been talking about togetherness. And it's been somewhat ironic because, of course, we're separated physically, but we are still yet together. And so one of the things that I want you to see as we talk about this this morning is that we have to dream big, yet act small. Somebody type dream big, act small. And I think Mr. Rogers must have been familiar with this verse that we shared a moment ago. As we're kind to each other, as we're tenderhearted with each other, as we love one another, the way Christ loved us as the church, we are taking actions that are really quite small, but have a huge impact on our world. Often when we think about impacting the world, I think that the challenge is we're thinking about things that are just huge, things that are big, things that seem to be out of our ability to do. And so that's why when we think of superheroes, we tend to think of those that can do something grand, who can leap tall buildings, who can you know, do some things that are out of this world. But when we get caught up on thinking that those big things are the only ways that we can make an impact, you know what happens next, right? We give up our power. We have powers. We have abilities, we have gifts, and we sort of surrender that when we take the position that unless it's large, big, and over the top, it doesn't make a difference. It does. Um, when we think about anything that is as simple as a smile that we may give to a stranger, or the, the kindness to take a moment and listen when people are telling us what they're going through. I remember um, I was uh, somewhere where someone was, we had said, hey, how's your day going? And the person like really let you know how their day was going. And everyone was kind of confused, like that's not how it works. When we say, how's your day going? You say, great. <laughs> and and so it was, it was superficial. The expectation was that we all just smile and grin and say our days are going great, even if it's not. And so the love to be able to to, to kindly sit and listen and say, well, okay, I was expecting a short answer and I might be a little bit late, but I do want to hear how your day is going and let's pray together and I, let's, let's, let's see what God wants to use me to do or to say to make a difference in your life. And so when we think about it, even these efforts, though it may seem small and insignificant by itself, together, all of us, collectively 
doing this, collectively serving God, collectively setting our hearts and our minds to being used for his glory, it makes an impact that can change this world. Now, let's think for a second as we look at this, uh, in any case where there's any person, whether it's Mr. Rogers or, or anyone else that you might now think of in this context, um, in any case, when you really think about someone who changed the world for good, um, you'll recognize that it is a series of small steps. And, and it's not usually in isolation. It's usually um, some, some collective effort, some support, some partnership, someone, um, in the, even if it's in the background, who is helping to make a difference and playing a role in these accomplishments. And so I think when we get too caught up on viewing changing the world as one giant mission that's done in one giant fell swoop, we think that we cannot contribute. Um, and so too often we, ought, we will fall into these negative comparisons um, and compare our lives to someone else's and their accomplishments. And, and God really put this on my heart when I was preparing that to make sure that I underscore this with you and that we explore this a little bit and that we tap into whatever that feeling is and we make sure that we walk away this morning with an understanding that we cannot allow ourselves to get caught in that anymore. Are you in cycles sometimes where you're maybe perhaps watching someone else's social social media or maybe you live in or go to school or go to work with someone and they're doing something that seems to be so amazing and so as you're seeing what they're doing you're thinking man i can never do that that that's that's awesome but you know i would never be able to make that impact um what god is really wanting us to see is that it's very easy for us to examine what someone else is doing and then take the impression that it, it seems big so that it's not possible for us. But what the reality is, is that God has placed in each and every one of us the ability to use the unique giftings and talents that he's given us to bring him glory. And we can miss that if we're looking at what someone else's giftings are. Um, we have to just focus on, God, what do you desire to do in me? How do you want to use me for your glory? And what we're seeing in this, and, and even with the example of Mr. Rogers, is it is not necessarily something um, that is on a spectacular grand scale. It very much so may be something as simple as baking someone a cake, uh, as simple as saying hello, uh, very tiny gestures that in our mind may not amount to much, but in God and uh, his plan for others has, is so significant. Um, and, and, and when we look at that and we think about together as a church, when we are authentically each becoming who God has called us to be, we are a united force that is to be reckoned with. When each and every one of us begin to know our greatness, begin to know who we are in Christ, and begin to allow God to just start having his way with us, oh my goodness, <laughs> talk about superheroes, talk about putting together uh, a team, my Lord, what a powerful force the people of God are when we work together and we really do change the world. I look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 again. Uh, live a life filled with love, 
following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You know, change in the world is happening. It's going to happen. And it's, it's, it's interesting how um, we can recognize that change can happen for the negative, but we're slow to appreciate that it can happen for the positive as well. And so by us choosing grace over anger, um, choosing understanding over judgment, uh, showing compassion over indifference, um, these are things that, again, small acts, major impact. Um, now I want us to look at something else. Recognize eternal. Somebody type recognize eternal. Now when we talk about this togetherness in, in a strange time when we seem like we're separate, it's important to realize that true togetherness means a shared purpose. We're together. We share a purpose and that brings us together. Being united in purpose keeps us working together and moving forward. Being united in purpose keeps us moving, working together and moving forward rather than getting caught up in things that would cause us to be apart. Now, that is key. I was thinking about this even in terms of marriages. Um, uh, Paul had warned the church in Ephesus about this, and that they had to be prepared to fight for their community. And in the same way, even as we look at this in our own lives, we have to be um, united against evil. We have to be united against the things that bring us apart. We have to be united against um, the fight against racism. Uh, we have to be united in anything that would bring division. And we have to be united. And I think we might've talked about this in the weeks prior, even in our marriage, when we see that the enemy is trying to come in in our friendships and our relationships with our children, um, with his familiar weapon of division, we have to be united. We have to be together in the goal that we're not going to allow that to happen. You know, sometimes I have to remind my family when we're in the middle of a disagreement, hold up, wait, we're on the same team. We're, we're in this together. We're, we're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. We are, we are all striving towards the same goal. We're not in agreement about how to get there, but let's talk about that. And so when we remember that, okay, wait a minute, the disagreement we're having is about strategy. The disagreement we're having is about how to go about it, how to do this, but we all want the same thing. My goodness, how would that impact our world if we were the peacekeepers in the midst of any type of division in politics and in, in marriages and in, in families and churches, if we were able to be the ones to say, you know what? I, I know we don't agree on how to go about doing this, but let's start from the same uh, vantage point that we both want what's best. My goodness. So as we look in Ephesians chapter 6, look at verses 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces 
of evil in the heavenly realms. And so Paul is giving us the instructions, put your full armor on, don't fight each other, or don't even fight outsiders, huh. but to stand against evil, to become one in the battle for the heart and souls of this world. See, we can get caught up in some really petty things. Come on, think about it. Think about maybe something that you have been disagreeing with someone about and then just look at it in the grand scheme of things. How does this change the world? How does this impact someone's souls? How is this going to bring someone closer to God? And then you have to maybe take a step back. Um, I was thinking about uh, how when we were all gathering physically and then going to churches and then after services going to um restaurants. And I remember reading somewhere that uh, servers more than anything hated to serve the Christian crowd that comes to, to the restaurants after church. And it was so painful for me to hear that. And the, and the rationale was that they were the most difficult customers, that they were so hard to please and so difficult to serve. And I thought, well, what an embarrassment that the, the the testimony that we have brought to that community is that we're difficult and, and, and hard to please. And so when we think about our witness, when we think about whatever it is, is it worth us damaging our testimony? Is it worth, before you let it get out, before you get them told, before you go there, is this someone whose soul is on the line? Is this someone who God may need to use you for to bring them into the kingdom of God? And do you harm that, that, that chance, that, that bridge, that opportunity when God sent you there for good, but yet you allow these disagreements, these, these petty things that don't have a, a place in the kingdom to take root? So I just really was inspired by that as I, as I wanted to share this with us, with, with you, that we have to be on the alert. One of the things that we know that as we are hearing the word, we can't just be hearers. We don't gather just so that we can uh, revisit what God said just from a theoretical standpoint, but we look at his word. It is our living word. It is our bread. It's what we live off of. And so we're obligated to look to see now what change does this evoke? What is necessary that I must do in my life that I may grow and that I become more like him and that I would bring him glory? And so let's think about that as we look at changing our world. Um, notice that in Paul's description of that, of, of our metaphoric armor. He highlights prayer as a tool and a weapon. And um, we had a beautiful prayer walk just, just this past Saturday. It was so impactful. And it was just 10 minutes. Um, and we were all able to gather together apart. It's just phenomenal. Uh, even though we were all in different cities and in different locations, we were still together in purpose. We were to get still together in unity and we were together in prayer. And, and Paul gave that as a weapon as well as a tool. And he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So 
We're bringing our requests, the things that, that concern us, the things that bother us. We're learning to, instead of continuing to be agitated and go at each, uh, each other's throats, <laughs> that we can also bring these requests and make them known to God, make our desires known to God. Prayer is a great way to refocus on the eternal. And it's a great way for us to keep our focus on what matters to God. Amen. And we are shaped by this as we connect with God and we realign our spirits with him. The next thing I want to say, um, I want you guys to type this back to me is stay connected. Come on, somebody say stay connected. Even when we recognize the eternal, changing our world takes effort and doing it together takes effort and it requires connection. Um, looking at another Bible letter to a different group of believers in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Wow. Isn't that something? We are not to give up on it. We, you, make, you can find a different way to meet, but we are not to give up staying connected. We are not to give up on coming together. I'm so blessed that we're able to come together. I got, I'm looking at a group of you are together at our, might as well call it our YouTube campus, amen? And you're in the, the comments and you're typing and you're, you're sharing with me and you're talking back to me. You guys are there together. It's so sweet. I see how at the beginning of the service, you log on and you're like, good morning, so-and-so and good morning, so-and-so. You're gathering together. And then we got another campus all the way over there on Facebook and Facebook, everyone's gathering together. And we got some awesome, we got y'all, YouTube, y'all might want to step it up a little bit. Facebook has greeters. Facebook, they're over there. They're greeting people who are dropping in, who are visiting. They're welcoming the visitors. They are together. They have, they, they continue to connect. A blessing that we're able to come together on Wednesdays for our well check. Wednesday well checks have been wonderful. Pastor Charles has been leading the charge with that. There's been some topics that they've been covering, but they come together just for the purpose of being able to see one another and see how are you doing? How are you holding up through all of this? How can we come together to love one another, to support one another? And that is what God is asking us to do. And so as we look at how we're coming together, whether we mean figuratively coming together in unity and in mission and in purpose, or whether we're talking about coming together in some format, whether it's physically or digitally, we must come together. And I think that that was why we had to revisit this series is because if we're not careful, we will allow the enemy to th make us think that we are alone because we're not coming together in the way that we used to. Somebody say, we are still together. Come on, somebody type that for me. We are still together. Being together and staying connected is vital 
to us and for us as we seek to impact our world. Now, it's funny, even Jesus, God himself surrounded himself with people. Think about the, the disciples. Think about how he allowed people to help him carry out his mission. He invested in relationships. We've got to invest in relationships and we've got to take time to care about others. You know, sometimes we are, you know, very much so um, just separated because we are focused on what we want to get done. And I remember there was this situation where um, someone had thrown a party and, and no one had come to their party and they were so upset and, and they were just like, well, I wonder why, you know, I invited this person and I invited this person and they didn't come. And um, one of the things I, I began to challenge them and I thought, okay, have they had events that they've invited you to? Um, did you go to their events? And as, as they really began to think about it, I think they saw that, you know what? I wasn't really supportive of anyone else. And so that's why now in a time where I'm expecting support, it may be escaping me. Um, I, I didn't go to anything they invited me to. I didn't support their events. I didn't come to their gatherings. And so when we think about togetherness and we think about um, what the expectations are that we sometimes have, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we are receiving back what we put back out. Can we be better as friends? Are we those types of friends that were really, really good at calling everyone else and saying, you know, I need this or I'm going through this or can you help me with this or I'm having this problem? But are we equally as good at calling and checking on people without having any expectation of them doing something for us in return? Are we equally good at just calling just to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. You know, you were on my mind. You know, I was praying for you this morning. How's everything going? You know, we've got to be intentional. Again, these are things that are easy, but they take effort because it may not be what we're used to doing. And so I have, I literally have had to train myself. So maybe if I was thinking about calling somebody because I, I wanted something or I needed something, what I have trained myself to do is say, I can't ask for anything. I need to call and just say, hello. I need to just call and say, hey, you know, and just chat, you know, I'm real good. My sister, we're, we're in different states. And so we have to be real intentional and say, okay, don't let that happen. We can't just call each other when something's wrong. We got to just make, be intentional to say, hey, I'm just, nothing's wrong. I don't want anything. And you know that you're that person when you call people and their first thing is what's wrong. <laughs> and you're like, well, nothing's wrong. That lets you know that that is your typical habit. You are that one who you normally only come around when there's a need. Well, what I'm saying is we're the superheroes. <laughs> we're the ones that we're not the ones that are always in need. We are the ones that God is using to supply needs. And it takes us looking and changing our perspective. And that doesn't mean that we won't need help. We will. Because we're, as we said, we don't do this in isolation. But because we have been so committed and so consistent about being there for 
for to be used for God's glory. And then God has been able to dispatch us here and dispatch us there. And we've been a blessing to this family and been a blessing to this person. And we have been so impactful to so many people on such a great level that when we are in our time of need, it's like the Calvary is coming because you put seed into that ground. You sow into good ground and you sow seed. And, and that's the powerful thing about seed is when you sow into other people and you sow into relationships and you sow into God being glorified through you, God will raise up and it may not even be those same people. That's the thing we also have to be careful not to look back like, okay, well, I did something for you. So now I, no, 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 no. Everybody say, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how this works. But when you do what the Bible says, whatsoever good you do for another, the same the Lord will do for you. So God will send people. He, he'll choose who he wants to send. It may be a Calvary of people you've never even met. It may be a Calvary of people you've never even uh, served. He hasn't even, you haven't even sold into their life. But the principle is still at work. God will use them um, for, for you to bless you when you are in need as you have been a blessing to others. I'm telling you, you cannot beat God in giving. And I'm not just talking about giving financially. I'm talking about giving of yourself, giving sacrificially, giving to, to, to grow in him. He knows that it's not going to be easy, that there are certain characteristics that you may have that make some of the things that we're learning about more challenging than others. But if you are committed, if you are willing, if you are hearing the word today and going, all right, God, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're trying to do in me. I know how you're trying to change me. Then that is incredible. And we have mission accomplished. Come on, somebody talk to me in the comments. Let me know if you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you see that before God can use you to change the world, that there's some things that he's changing on the inside of you so that he can use you to change the world. Come on, somebody talk to me. As we close, I want us to be able to see that this whole series has been showing us that we are together. We are together. And even if my family members are in a different state, and even if I, my church family were in different cities, we are yet together, unified in purpose to bring glory to our Father. Um, as we have covered over this past month, none of us is immune to these needs. The great apostle Paul wasn't, and he knew it. We all need support. We all need a place of belonging. We all need encouragement and these reminders that we get, thankfully, every week. Um, and we all need to be reminded of what we are called to do. It's so easy as we have so many responsibilities to family and work and every careers and all things that are going on, ministry even. It's so important that we have these times that we are able to come back together and be grounded in the word and grounded in what God wants to do in us and through us. You know, Paul has talked about that in the book of Ephesians and we've had a chance to study it throughout this month. And so I hope these takeaways are present with you. And if they are, you can go ahead and just type whichever takeaway um, sticks with you the most. But here are a few takeaways that I hope that you 
have received in our time together. Together we find peace, the peace of Christ in our own spirits and peace and unity among our brothers and sisters. Together we experience love, God's love poured out in and among us and the flow of God's love out into our greater communities. Together we grow stronger. We experience the grace to journey together and to be a part of God's greater collaborative work in our world. And then last but not least, and together we can change the world. We are able to discover our purpose and plug into the ways that we as a church can accomplish God's world-changing work around us. As we close out on this series, let's stay together. Mm -hmm.